Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 in Collective Soul with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. I'm disturbed by something next to me here in the studio. An empty can of pure coconut water. Anyone? You? It's not Steve? mine. No. No. Who is dr- This is crap, by the way. If you ever taste, I tasted this by mistake one time. It's horrible. Well, then again, Dave, what's crap to one person might be delicious uh, goodness to I, another person. I understand that. It's an empty can of pure coconut water. You know, if you drink enough of it, it makes you loose. I, you know, I've heard that about the coconut water. <laughs> and you're hey. talking about your, yeah, whatever. Well, I'm, I'm talking about uh, if you if you would drink that, you'd have sex with anybody. That's that's right. <laughs> your that's standards the, are out mm-hmm. the window. Man, what a show today! We've got uh, Tommy Cross from the. Uh, Game-winning Springfield Thunderbirds mm-hmm. last night. They won in Laval at the, against the Rocket. We'll have uh, tickets for Monday's Game 6, a couple of uh, four-packs to give away, and the size will be here after 8 o'clock. They're going to be at the at Race Street Live on uh, Saturday for their 30th anniversary uh, show for their uh, for their first album. So uh, that's coming up later on this morning. What so size like a, are they? It's not the size. It's like a... Ah, a sigh. Ah, like a sigh of oh, relief. Oh, oh. It's going to be a sigh of relief when they get here and perform right here in the studio. I get you. You got, you got me? Yeah. And then we can just put the show on autopilot and just sleep because, really, we don't have to do anything. I, that was my intention all along. That's all right. why I invited a band in. Well, you know, why start now anyway? <laughs> it's 537 with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. Live in concert, Saturday nights at 9 on Rock 102. Live performances from Rock and Rolls. Rock, it's 549 and Van Halen with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be, uh, well, it's clearly raining outside right now, and that's going to last pretty much most of the day with a high of 79. Tomorrow, uh, going to be a high of 79, but it's going to be bright and sunny. It's 60 in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aquapump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well through the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, the way Ezra Miller has been acting lately, it's kind of surprising that Warner Brothers in D.C. haven't pulled the plug on their Flash movie yet. Maybe this will do it. Ezra is being accused of grooming a girl for the past six years, starting when she was 12. Come on. Back in 2016, Ezra, who was 23 at the time, visited the Standing Rock Reservation in North Dakota, where they met young uh, Dakota Iron Eyes. Dakota's parents say two of them developed a friendship that put their daughter at risk. They say Ezra flew Dakota to London in 2017 when she was 14 and even supplied her with alcohol, marijuana, and LSD over the years. They also claim Ezra disputed Dakota's life so much that last year she dropped out of the private school she was attending gonna stop before we go any further i am not defending him at all at all yeah but what parent lets their child go to london Mm -hmm. with an adult that you clearly have to sign off for because she's underage most rational people would think that way and i can understand why you think that way but you also have to understand how a predatory mindset works. They're yeah. not just pre- you know, they're not just preying on the kid. They're preying on the whole family. Yeah, I know. I remember watching that Michael Jackson thing and how he, you know, paid off homes and and did all these things for these right. people. But these guys are master manipulators. Yeah. 
and, uh, yeah. and they they will infiltrate a family system and create so much trust that they couldn't what could possibly go wrong until you realize oh yeah everything I I, 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 I hear you but the way these things work it's an insidious uh, infiltration of an entire family body and that's how these things happen. Dakota's parents flew to Ezra's home in, G- in Vermont in January and found her without her driver's license, car keys, bank card, and other items she needed to live independently. They also claimed she had bruises that Ezra had caused. They took her back home with them, but she soon fled to be with Ezra again, and she was apparently with Ezra in Hawaii recently when they got arrested several times. Dakota's parents are trying to get an order of protection against Ezra on their daughter's behalf. They say Ezra uses, quote, violence, intimidation, threat of violence, fear, paranoia. This is exactly what you were just saying delusions and drugs to control her. The problem is, Dakota's 18 now, so unless her parents can get her under some sort of conservatorship, she's free to do what she wants. Isn't there a band better than Ezra, too? You know, uh, it sounds I, I like think... everybody's better than Ezra at this point. <laughs> well, that's, that's, yeah. yeah, that's everybody. Uh, let's see. Uh, even if you're a, a dude, by now you probably heard we're in the middle of a tampon shortage. Hmm. So what's causing that? Time Magazine looked into it, and when they asked Tampax, their answer was Amy Schumer. My favorite. Amy Schumer? Yeah, Tampax launched a new campaign ad with Amy in July of 2000, and they say that ever since then, quote, retail sales growth has exploded. Hmm. It's not likely that they're even uh, the least bit serious, especially since the shortage affects all other brands, not just Tampax. The real answer is complicated, but it basically boils down to the pandemic and supply chain issues, like everything else that sucks right now. Yeah, yeah so you're going to have a bunch of people making their own Yeah, and then you'll have like a toxic shock uh, situation on your hands. Yeah. We need to bring the manufacturing back to, uh, where was it? Palmer? Where? Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could. Pick up a whole uh, whole truckload of them damn things. Just have them right out of the back. Hey, fresh from the factory. <laughs> They're like little pillows yeah. for your little figurines at home. I definitely wouldn't buy them out of the back <laughs> of someone's car. Well, that's uh, that goes along with uh, the, the guy out in Westfield who was selling the steaks out of the back of his van. Exactly my point. Would you buy Tampax out of the back of a truck? Nope. Actually, I'd probably trust Tampax out of a back of a truck before I trusted meat out of a back of a truck. Or seafood. I really wouldn't yeah. trust anything out of the back of someone's truck. <laughs> Yeah, seafood is another one of those things. I see down in Florida, you see these guys standing on the side of the road in like one of those little food carts. Yeah, with se- fresh seafood. How fresh can that be in it's the been Florida se- heat? Yeah. yeah, you've been sitting there all day on the side of the road. Although they have better access to the Atlantic or Pacific or the Gulf of Mexico than we do here, sometimes. So. Still not so sure I can trust it though. But but I don't even think they're getting it locally. I think <laughs> that stuff somebody's just going to a seafood shop and getting. I still wouldn't eat it. A uh, lady's uh, missing 15-year-old Dots, Dots, Dotson. Dot. I always want to say Doshend. Yeah, no, it's uh, Dotson. Yeah. Uh, was found by none other than Hillary Swank. The grateful owner said, quote, Hillary's not the type of person who's going to blow the horn telling people what she did. So I'll do it for her. <laughs> I'll tell TMZ. I'm calling TMZ right now. She wouldn't. She wouldn't let anybody know that she did this. The, uh, the A&E show, Live PD, was canceled in 2020 after George Floyd was killed by police, but it's coming back to the Reels channel with a new name, On Patrol Live. That was the one, I think it was Dan Abrams mm-hmm. was doing. That, that was his show? 
Yeah, like they'd go back and forth to these police calls in different cities and in hope in hopes that something would happen. I, to be honest, you know, most of these true crime shows mm-hmm. are pretty much all the same, so it's hard to keep track of which one you're watching and when. Yeah, I, I, I can't keep up with any of this stuff. Uh, Snoop Dogg is keeping with inflation by raising the salary of his personal blunt roller. He didn't disclose the new salary, but based on a 2019 interview, the old amount was between forty and fifty thousand dollars. That has to be the coolest <laughs> job to ever have. I would do it for less than that, just to say I'm the blunt roller for Snoop Dogg. Like, like that's got to get you endorsement deals True. elsewhere. What I wonder though is, and I know uh, Snoop is smoking weed all day, but how many blunts does a man go through in a day? A guy like him, probably more than one per hour. The guy's high all the time. All the time. And yet he's thin as a rail. If I had that much weed in my system, I'd be 900 pounds. Well, I told you he was uh, was on an interview and he was talking about when he used to record with Dr. Dre. And Dr. Dre would come into the studio with a giant... A gallon of orange juice and a giant bottle of gin. He'd pour most of the orange juice out, then pour the gin in it and drink it all day long. And then at the end of the day, he'd want to kick everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. Snoop, on the other hand, would be just rolling blunts and smoking weed all day. And he said the only thing that needed to be destroyed at the end of the day was a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> and that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. I'm here with Scott from Aquapump. Hey, Scott, you know why they call it wet? And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, that's a little bit more like it. Last night, the Boston Celtics took Game 3 of the NBA Finals by pounding the living bejesus out of the Golden State Warriors, 116-100. to They've now taken a two-game lead in that series, with Game 4 coming up tomorrow night in Boston. Now, if you're like me, you're asking yourself one question. How did they do in the third quarter? Well, we're not going to talk about the third quarter. Much rather talk about all the others. But what I really want to talk about is seeing Steph Curry getting all tangled up with Al Horford for a loose ball in the fourth quarter and having Curry limp off the court. Now that's a good defensive play. But, of course, it's not just the Celtics that are having the time of their lives. The Red Sox are currently on an exciting seven-game winning streak, beating the Angels last night 1-0 as the Angels extend their current losing streak to 14 games. That's a franchise record, and it's fantastic. And the Red Sox will get a chance to beat them again tonight, too, as the Red Sox zoom up to 10.5 games out of first place. And then you have your Springfield Thunderbirds that went into Canada and beat the Laval Rockets 6-3 to take a 2-1 lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. So on the very same day, you had the Celtics storming back in the NBA Finals, the Red Sox extending their second big fat winning streak in the last three and a half weeks, and you had the Thunderbirds picking up a crucial road win in the Calder Cup playoffs. Do you see what the hell is going on here? It's these kinds of things that may result in some of us becoming acquainted with something known as optimism. I know a lot of you may not be familiar with that word. Thankfully, it's early and you'll have the rest of the day to look it up. But if there was ever a time to shake us out of our notoriously pessimistic funk, then yesterday might have been that day. 
course, today is a different day, and there are plenty of things that still could go terribly wrong. But until that happens, I'm just going to enjoy what little time I have left to spend with the sudden yet fleeting jolt of optimism. You know, just to see how it fits. And so far, it fits like a glove. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Put it to Walt Compact Drill and Impact Driver next to a Milwaukee and say, Larissa, help me compare these. Larissa at the Westfield Rockies can help you with power tools. Milwaukee, DeWalt, Craftsman, good people like Larissa and rock solid service at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 609 and ACDC. We're back, Steve and Dave on Rock 102. It was raining pretty hard a few minutes ago. I don't know if it's still going on or not, but it's going to be going on in some form or another for the next couple hours and then kind of clearing out for later on. We'll have highs in the high 70s today. Uh, big show today. Tommy Cross and the Springfield Thunderbirds will join us around 845. We have tickets to Monday's game of the Mass Mutual Center. And then also uh, the Size are going to be celebrating their 30th anniversary of their debut album, uh, this weekend at Race Street Live in Holyoke, uh, great band. Uh, Tommy and Robert will be here to, uh, to, to to sing a couple songs, tell us about what's going on mm-hmm. with the band. Hell of a history with these guys, and so uh, we'll be talking to them just after 8 o'clock. Um, have you noticed that uh, things that you've been buying lately are getting a little bit smaller? Uh, you know, I uh, I've always been told... Uh, countless times, don't worry, size doesn't matter. And then uh, what I'm finding is that even though I know subconsciously they're smaller, mm-hmm. they're all more expensive. Yes. from toilet- that, that hurts me more than uh, the size. From toilet paper to yogurt and coffee to corn chips, manufacturers are quietly shrinking shrinking packages, uh, package sizes without lowering prices. It's dubbed shrinkflation. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, accelerating worldwide. In the U.S., a small box of Kleenex now has only 60 tissues. A few months ago, it had 65 tissues. Now, that might not seem a lot, but when let's just say uh, you're used to your 65 tissue box, uh-huh. and you get to tissue 59, and you think, oh, it's okay, I have this really stuffy nose, but I'm going to be all right because I have six more tissues, right. and then you take that one. You ain't got no tissues left. Man, if you're a tissue counter, you got other issues there, I think, too. Yeah, you got some OCD issues yeah. that we contend with. But, mm. you know, uh, if you go to, like, a Costco or a BJ's and you buy tissues by those convenient four or five packs, you know, suddenly that, that those those five tissues lost. Mm-hmm. Well, that adds up to almost a third of a box. That's a lot. Think about that. It adds up over time, doesn't it? It certainly does. Now... If you happen to have uh, COVID and you're all congested, well, I got to tell you, you're going to have to find something else to blow your nose on. Uh, Chobani Flips yogurts have shrunk from 5.3 ounces to 4.5 ounces in the, United, in the United Kingdom. Nestle slimmed down its Nescafe Ezra Americano coffee tins from 100 grams to 90 grams. Yes, but they packed a whole bunch of flavor in that 90 grams, didn't yeah. they? Did oh. we talk a couple uh, months ago about the size of uh, quarts of ice cream? Yeah, you know, that that's been an ongoing yeah. thing. That happened back in two thousand eight. We went from the half gallon to the one point five quart, I believe. It, it it like shrunk to this. No, it was almost like two pints of ice cream, or 
one and a half pints of ice cream I know. In, in a box. Plus, they've been doing that with cereal boxes for a long time where, you know, you buy a brand new box of cereal and then you open up the bag and it's like two thirds yeah. of the way down. It's like, what happened here? I'm supposed to get a full box of cereal. I only got a two thirds full. The total hey, ripoff. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing I don't get about inflation. Okay, so you shrink the packages mm-hmm. and you give less product. But you're making people pay more for that product, even though you're not spending as much as to make it because you've downsized the size of what you were selling. Yes. What don't you understand about that? Well, why is the price? Why is the price? Like, shouldn't the price reduce with the amount of of materials <laughs> that you use to go with the box? Uh, let me see if I can simplify uh, this nation's economy for you in just a matter of seconds. Uh, the cost of producing and distributing, let's say it's a box of mm-hmm. cereal, uh, those costs all rise. And the only way that a company, say like a General Mills, decides uh, that they can uh, make their money off the cost of all those things while those prices are being jacked up is to give you less for the same amount. It's almost like a psychological ploy to have you think you're getting what you're normally used to getting yeah. when in fact the cost of every product goes up you or ain't. stays the same but shrinks even more well you could just go to target remember yesterday toward the end of the show we were talking about how target has too much stuff now because people don't have the demand for all this stuff that they had they piled up and they piled up and they were charging certain prices and you guys said why don't they just do a sale that's news today. Target now putting its stuff on sale. Well, they should because yep. why? W- if you if you have all this overstock now, mm-hmm. what do you mean nobody wants to do anything in their backyard? No, we, they they're going to be doing things in their backyard, but they bought this stuff two years ago. Well, that's part of it. Yeah, you know, they, they've they've already bought some of those products. You know, before the prices went uh, went uh, sky high, but now, now they need now they need to unload it. And now at five dollars a gallon, you're not having a whole lot of people still buy patio furniture at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this gas station up in Amherst, I don't know if you saw this story. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, the fuel nozzle will be soon shut off at an Amherst gas station, not because of a shortage or hard times, but because the owner feels customers shouldn't have to pay these prices. This is ridiculous. And so now they won't pay those prices because there's none to be bought. Uh, Renz Mobile. Yeah, Reynold Gladue, the owner of Renz Mobile, said when they go up 20 cents in one day and 20 cents the next morning, that's 40 cents in two days. I knew it was a ripoff. Uh, He has been serving customers on North Pleasant Street since 1973 when he said it was $1.39 for super. Jesus Christ. That was the high price gas back in the day. Yeah, he says he has a conscience and Exxon Mobile doesn't. Yeah, he gets his gas supply from Exxon Mobil. Mm-hmm. He particularly frustrated with the most recent quarterly report. Mm-hmm. In the first few months of 2022, the earnings excluded identified items were $8.8 billion, which the company notes was a $6 billion inc- increase compared to the same time frame in 2021. Yeah, no, it's an outrage. But, you know, on, on the other hand, if you are a customer of this place, mm-hmm. now you have to drive further away to get your gas. You're actually using more gas to get you gasoline well, than if this guy would just, you know, stuck with it. Well, not only that, you know, he's putting up a stand, but he's losing business. And you kind of feel good for him on the one hand, and yet, geez, you know? Well, I mean, th- this is what I was saying yesterday about, 
you know, the price of the gallon of gasoline, if these stores can offer, hey, you spend $300 on groceries, you get 30 cents off a gallon. Mm -hmm. Well, how's that possible? How much is the actual price of the gallon that you're purchasing? Yeah, but see, but that's like a, that's like a, uh, I forgot what the term is. I don't know if it's like loss leader or whatever, but, you know, if they're raising the prices of everything else in the store and telling you, oh, yeah, we reduced the cost of gasoline, you're not saving any money because they've reduced everything on the inside. You know, they're balancing out. They're moving like one pot of money over. So they gives you the illusion, the psychological feeling that you're you're somehow saving money, but you're not saving anything. Uh, you know, I believe this guy that he's uh, feels that people are getting ripped off, but it's also one of these. Oh, thank God. I don't have to pump anybody's gas anymore. Like you're getting rid of this. Uh, yeah, but I might. But this is like a temporary thing for him. Right. I mean, yes. At some point, if the prices break, yeah. he'll come back into the uh, gasoline business again. Well, mm -hmm. he's still going to be uh, offering the uh, convenience store and uh, auto repair shop. That's what's in the building. Yeah. I mean, but, but he doesn't want to rip anybody off. That's why he's going to sell all those lottery tickets there instead. Yes, uh, please come and uh, we get 1% from the lottery <laughs> for selling these lottery tickets to you. Well, yeah. maybe he'll work it out so that they can, he can provide a million-dollar ticket to somebody because then he gets a bigger payday, right? Yeah, but he's, that, that's, not, that's, something, that's not something that you can decide to do. Oh, I don't know. Is don't that true? So. I yeah. think some convenience owners have been guilty of that. It's 1%. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's not a whole lot of money. I mean, that lady won that uh, seven hundred million dollar prize, and and Pride got fifty grand. Like That's fifty grand more than they had the day before. Yeah, she won seven hundred million dollars for God's sakes, and they get fifty grand. That's oh. a very low amount. By the way, there's a movie coming out. I think on Netflix this month called Jerry and Marge Go Large, starring Brian Cranston, and it's all about his scheme to break into the mass lottery system and win millions of dollars. And this is based on a true story. Yeah, this ha I remember yeah. this happening. It was the uh, they call it the lucky for life game yes. now, but it used to be called something else. And I can't remember what the what the name of the game was, but right. there was this thing out in Michigan. They were running this like scheme yep. where somebody would buy up like thousands yes. of dollars of tickets every day. And the like, it was. I don't even remember how the thing worked, but it was something that you, they were making like millions of dollars off. Yeah, of. on on individual buys like that when they bought in bulk, and this guy was some sort of actuarial and numbers expert, and he figured out a system. And it's coming. I suppose the movie looks fantastic with Brian Cranston. <laughs> Someone even figures something like that right? out. And how do they expect to get to to get away with it? I mean, if you win the lottery once. You know, I mean, you're the luckiest person alive. Right? You win like two, three, four, five times, then maybe there's a problem. Maybe there's some sort of uh, issue going on. No one's that lucky. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, what you do is you, uh, you, if you're a mathematician or if you're, if you have some sort of edge on you that you mm -hmm. can figure out statistics better than other people, then maybe you can play those numbers. But in the end, chance is still chance. They just figured out a loophole how that was going to pay out for them in smaller amounts versus the jackpot amounts. Yeah. Right, and they upped their chances <laughs> right. through this mathematical formula that's by why just the, buying more. And that's why yeah. the uh, the uh, the state lottery doesn't want really smart people to win. Right. No, but you must be 18 years or older to play, and please play responsibly. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, put it on your Netflix and chill list, by the way. Jerry and Marge go large. I think it opens up on Netflix maybe like June 17th. There's another one that we're going to watch this weekend, by the way, at my place called Hustle with Adam Sandler as an NBA scout. I never yeah. heard of it before. I haven't heard that one. It's, it looks like it's getting like great reviews. Yeah, I... Uh 
ever since he made that deal with Netflix, he's got all these movies out yeah. in there. Yeah. He's still making 20 million bucks a film? Probably. Good he's probably him. making some sort of yeah. deal. I'm sure yeah. he's making big, big cash. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 620 with back Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. Wine Sick Nursery is your local go to garden. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 626. And Tesla with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. Got some rain, some of it heavy maybe until, I don't know, mid morning or so, and clearing out and sun and clouds this afternoon. Highs in the high 70s today. Today I learned is brought to you by Gary Rome. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. And now it's time for today I learned with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. You seem to be settling into this now. Like, uh, you were so excited before, now it's like every other bit on the show. Well, I, uh, I was criticized for yelling into the radio at 6.26 in the morning. Who criticized you for that? Uh, I don't know. Somebody who listens to the show. And, oh, uh, and all said, of your friends. Please stop yelling into the radio at oh. 6.25 in the morning. Since when would you listen to any criticism? I always listen to criticism. <laughs> but who's, though? That's the thing. Well, the people that actually count, like that guy, uh, okay. I'm not going to yell into the radio. Well, how anymore. do you tell who counts and who doesn't? That's all uh, I'm saying. Uh, I have my ways. Okay. Uh, today, He's got a certain criteria. Today I learned that uh, Kevin Bacon founded an organization that rehomes rescue, rescued factory farm pigs. Can you imagine that? A guy named Bacon uh-huh. rescues pigs. Well, they're related, aren't they? Well, a little bit. <laughs> he I was does gonna... kind of have that pig nose, by the way, Bacon. You Kind of that turned up nose there. Where it looks like kind of a... Yeah, I was going to say, where does he house Kira Cedric? Uh, but he he was really upset about the way they were treating uh, pigs in the pork industry by mm. just shoving them into gen- into little small little pens and right. then uh, and then harvesting them for their meat and then leaving their carcasses wherever they wanted to. Well, you know, it's a terrible uh, process what they do to uh, to pigs at farms. But I have to tell you, as uh, as uh, as inhumane as that may be. Pork is delicious mm-hmm. and om- and almost worth the abuse. Pork is delicious. It's you know, fantastic. I had uh, country-style ribs the other night. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I asked the butcher, and he's like, hey, you can cook these just like regular pork chops, because I always thought that was like a slow-cooked thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have no. to do that. No. They were actually much better than the actual pork chop. You're damn right. Yeah. Oh, and they're you, fantastic. And you know what? It's the one Kevin Bacon didn't save. <laughs> and that... Is today I learned with back Stephen Dave on Rock 102. A solution to gun violence right here in Western Mass. Details straight ahead in the news on Rock 102. Back in the day when I was a plumber. 631 with back Stephen Dave on Rock 102. It's time for news and it is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car whether you trade it or not. Time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. In response to the continuing issue of gun violence, both locally and nationally, a McKnight neighborhood church planning a June 25th event where guns will be melted down. Sort of a modern take on the biblical passage about turning swords into plowshares. Gun barrels melted in a portable forge will be converted into gardening tools that will be donated to community gardens. This according to the Reverend Peter Wells of the Gardner Memorial African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. How about that for a niche? So they're going to melt all these down. Yep. Turn them into gardening tools. Turning them into garden tools. Yes. Who is making the garden tools? Doesn't say. They must have some expert on hand there at the 
Gardner Memorial African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. I mean, no offense. I mean, I think it's uh, you know that's what they want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, good at them. But I mean, if you really want to get good quality garden tools, might I suggest going to Rocky's Ace Hardware and all their many locations <laughs> where they don't have to melt down gun barrels in that's, order to make their equipment. No, they don't. Good people, mm-hmm. rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. This big event, by the way, again June twenty fifth begins at ten a.m. and will be overseen by the New Haven based organization Swords to Plowshares. It's a way to call attention to the rising problem of gun violence in our community and elsewhere. Would they prefer swords? Because swords are pretty dangerous, too. I've, I don't know. Listen, I, I saw all the Lord of the Ring movies. Well, what? Well, did you now? I saw them all. Yeah, I bet you did. There's swords there I wouldn't mess with at all. I, my, my buddy that I talk about in Brookline all, all, all the time, by the way, he had a high school uh, acquaintance of his whose head was cut off in some sort of dispute with his landlord right here in the state of Massachusetts by a machete. Really? So, yeah, you're, you're talking about swords. Well, look, if you bring a sword instead of a gun to this event on June 25th, I think they'd be happy to melt that down as well and turn it, it into some sort of hoe. Is it safe to say he did not survive? He didn't survive. Really? Yes. Okay, just checking. Yeah. So, anyway, again, June 25th for that particular event at that McKnight neighborhood church. I want to hear more about your headless buddy. Well... Apparently, would you real? Would you like to hear? More? I would like to hear this story. Yeah. Well, they were high school classmates. My yeah. my buddy and his again acquaintance. He knew this person from high school, and apparently, this person was renting a place in an apartment building mm-hmm. here in New England, and there was some sort of dispute between the two, and so the landlord took his machete and chopped the dude's head off. Now. There may have been, along with the dispute, some sort of romantic relationship between these two. Mm-hmm. Uncertain. Uncertain. Okay, yes. okay but you, you don't well, normally cut off the head of someone head. you well, love. He doesn't give head anymore. <laughs> right. <so>. Well, <laughs> well, I suppose you could still do <laughs> that if you wanted to. Well, I, don't I don't know. know. That's, uh, that's perverse. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jesus. That's all I know. I mean, right. I, mean, I, I don't know. I got too. All right. So, so it's, if it's the landlord cutting off the head of a tenant, yes, is he then still obligated to pay back the security deposit? I, you know, I don't at think the end so. of the lease. And you know what? You could search this up. This happened, I think, within the last year. This was a headline. I'm not sure if it was Massachusetts or Connecticut. So, I don't know. Search up machete. Landlord dispute. Yeah, I, I don't know I've what you believe. I've never had a homicidal uh, landlord that I know of. Nor that, I, nor have I. <laughs> well, I mean, I used to have a guy going, "You punch any more holes in that wall, heads are going to roll." <laughs> that was probably the same, <laughs> same guy. guy. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. While well, Springfield City Council works on naming a new vice president, the Holyoke City Councilor Wilmer Puello Mota, he's back in a Rhode Island courtroom, June fifteenth. For a bail hearing and a pretrial pretrial conference after being accused of violating his bail on a 2020 charge of possession of child pornography. Remember this story? We did it a few weeks ago. Yep. He was faking documents and even staging a bogus phone call with someone purporting to be his National Guard superior in hopes of securing a lighter sentence. So his case has gotten even more complicated since we first reported on this. He remains held at the Rhode Island Department of Corrections Intake Services Center in Cranston. Again, awaiting that next courtroom appearance June 15th. 
So Holyoke City Council down a guy until that whole thing is solved as well. Also in Holyoke, a motorcyclist in stable condition after colliding with a trash truck yesterday afternoon. The crash took place about 1.30 in the afternoon near the intersection of Dwight and Monroe Streets in Holyoke. The motorcyclist was injured when colliding with the City of Department Public Works vehicle. He was taken to a local hospital by ambulance. Police had to block the busy intersection while they worked at the crash yesterday afternoon. You know, it's uh, one of the, obviously, the summertime and the spring and the summertime, you hear about more of these motorcycle accidents that mm-hmm. happen. This is just more of a reason for me never to ever want to ride a motorcycle. Because I think I'm, I was having a conversation with this, uh, with Barry Krieger uh, a couple of weeks ago uh-huh. about, you know, there's certain points in your life where you, you're not going to be able to do, learn something new. You know, I mean, I sure. might be able to learn how to ride the motorcycle, but actually maintaining a safety uh, record probably wouldn't be something I could do. Well, did you ever ride one as a kid, like yeah. a dirt bike or anything? Well, yeah, like a dirt, you know, a moped. I had a sweet Ooh. moped. Like that, that's almost like Evil Knievel stuff. Ooh-wee. I think if you're if you are I think you're right. If you learn a certain skill like that at, as a young age, it's easier to to, uh, to to feel more comfortable on it when you're an adult. Kind of like uh, ice skating. Mm-hmm. I never really learned to do it as a kid, and if I put on ice skates now, I'd probably uh, you know crack a pelvis, and I don't want to do that. So um, yeah, I mean, but I I mean I know kids who've been near motorcycles their whole their whole life and still well, do it but but the, yeah but that's the point the point is that you, you you learned all those skills when you were younger and you kind of mold into that that's how you become an expert on something you you, you do what is it ten thousand hours worth of work on something and you become an expert yes. on it. same thing with with motorcycle riding if you started at a young age and you mm-hmm. got really good at it then you know most people who ride motorcycles uh, between the ages of 40 and 60 probably learned how to ride 20 30 years prior to the point is like it's not ideal to get one at this age no no because i'm afraid of you know but i'll go to that moped you know i went to the moped store i said f it salesman's like what up what's your budget and i'm honestly i'm like i don't know nothing about mopeds he said i got the one for you follow me Ooh, too real Chromed out mirror, I don't need a windshield. Banana seat, canopy on two wheels, 800 cash, that's a hell of a deal. I'm going downtown. Cruising through the alley, tiptoeing, like a street, like a dally, pulled up. Moped to the valley, white walls on the wheels like mayonnaise. Who is that? Macklemore. Macklemore. Of course. Of course. I can either proceed with local news headlines or give you more details. I just found them about the machete attack. I uh, I found some of those, too. Yeah. Actually, the tenant in Hartford. Yes, who, that's uh, the one. A Connecticut man decapitated his landlord with a sword after being told he had to move out because of overdue rent. And so it was the landlord who was decapitated, not the renter. Oh, and it was, well, a, a- it was a samurai sword, not a machete. Well, that's a horse of a different color. Yes. You got the rent money yet? I said, no. Can't find no job. Therefore, I got no money to pay the rent. Well, that don't confront me as long as I cut your head off next Friday. George Thurgood. Yes. I got that Very right. good. How about yeah. that? Uh, by the way, the landlord whose head was chopped off by the samurai sword. His name was by the way? No. Oh. His name is Victor. <laughs> oh, okay. His right, name is right. Victor King, yeah. and he was a insurance company retiree and a professional bridge player. It says here, according to the Hartford Current. Oh, an insurance king. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't something if you found out he was a hat salesman? 
Oh, that would have been. That would have been ironic. He sells those. Uh, that's my friend Bob Zagamano. He sells those hats <laughs> down at Battery Park. Forty bucks. The difference is negligible. Well, that made quite a splash when that story came out in 2020. This one's making a splash right now in Worcester. The Superior Court earlier this week, prosecutors and defense attorneys in the trial of Stephanie Fernandez, the former Worcester woman accused of fatally stabbing her fiancé back in 2014. So the two sides painting a picture of a toxic and violent couple that tormented one another through verbal abuse, physical abuse, and cheating. Now here's where it gets strange. In 2013, the couple got engaged. However, it's around this time that Fernandez began texting her ex-boyfriend and started seeing him on a weekly basis. Now, I haven't even gotten to the really weird part. Fernandez later became engaged to this ex-boyfriend while engaged to Wagner, the guy she allegedly killed. She had two engagement rings. One, she'd slip on and off and put the other one on depending on who she was spending time with that day. How about that? Well, hey. It's quite a circus going on in Worcester Superior Court. Now, will they allow you to return your wedding gifts uh, at before the shower when uh, in this kind of scenario? Well, she didn't go through with either of the weddings. She was just engaged to two guys simultaneously. Yeah, no, I'm just talking about like you know me as, like, say, like a family member. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I got something off one of her two registries, and I thought, well, maybe I can return this for a gift card. Good question. Or store credit. Where, where are you registered? Uh, home Wreckers. <laughs> is that a place? Or not? I've no, never heard I'm of that just, place. I'm just making it up. It should be, though. It should be. Sounds yeah. like it could be a yeah, place. I don't know. All these things that you could <laughs> Although, I think if this woman had her choice, she'd probably be registered at a Five Guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Already, yeah. Two uh-huh. Already two Already two Have you in. ever had Five Guys? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the day is young. There Who knows? You there you go. <laughs> 642 with back Steve and Dave. We've got a mass hat coming up on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 650 and free. We're back, Stephen Dave, and Rock 102. Going to see uh, some rain showers this morning, then partial clearing by this afternoon, and a high of 79 tomorrow, bright and sunny with a high of 79. It is 60 right now in downtown Springfield. The Back Stephen Dave Show po- uh, daily podcast goes up every single weekday. If you miss a show, you can listen to it on your laptop, your smart speaker, uh, your mobile device, whatever. And it's always available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify, and loads of of other episodes too and also check out Baxi's musical podcast this week my guest mike keneally from the zappa band he's gonna be playing at ray street live on tuesday the 14th of uh, that's next week and then next week i'm gonna be talking to uh, colin newman from the band wire really interesting conversation that you'll hear starting monday on rock102.com 652 with back Stephen Dave. now hear this now hear this i'm Sorry to hear that. Redneck noise, dude. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Now hear this on Rock 102 with back Steve and Dave in the morning. Today's mass hat out in Los Angeles. Police there looking for a guy who walked into a sex store called Cupid's Closet. All right. I don't know if that's a chain or just an individual standalone. He pulled a gun. He told the cashier at Cupid's Closet to empty the register. And he didn't leave with any cash because when he pointed the gun at her, he kind of froze and didn't do anything. And then his eyes caught something flashy over on the shelves over there. And it was a self-love toy for men. All right. Okay. So he grabbed it and showed it to the cashier like, you know, hey, I'll I'll just take this instead and I'll be on my way. It, it was the <laughs> Love Bot's. I'm trying to think if I could say this whole thing. I think I can. It's the Beat It 
rotating and rhythmic masturbator. No, I don't think you can say that. Yeah, I just did. Uh, let's see. Rotating and rhythmic. Yes. By, Interesting. By love, oh. bo- love Bots, which is spelled love and then B-O-T-Z, uh, by the way. I'm looking at this right now. $63.99. Right. Yeah. Yeah. On, uh, a- on Amazon, you can eight, get it. Eight different speeds. Yes. Hmm. Ro- eight times rotating and rhythmic masturbator. I believe is how you Master say Botter, it. Master Botter. Master Botter. I don't yeah. know that. Okay, Mr. Mm. Westfield Statte. Mm-hmm. I stand corrected. <laughs> well, well, you know what? I mean, uh, <laughs> listen, you know, sometimes you go in uh, thinking you're going to do one thing, and then it's an impulse buy. In mm-hmm. this case, it would be an impulse steal. Yep. Right. You know, there's loads of things on the shelves of these places that uh, uh, can uh, capture your eye. Allegedly. Or do you know for sure? Well, listen. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that I frequent these places a lot because I don't. But there have been times when, you know, for a gag gift, right. uh, for a you know a, a, a bachelor party. I mean, you want to get the inflatable sheep, or you know, uh, some Benoit balls, or you know, you, what have you. Usually, you could just go to Spencer's Gifts and do that, and you you, you kind of re- maintain your reputation a little bit. You don't have to go to like what is it, Cupid's Closet, to do that kind of shopping. Well, they bring this guy into court, and they're like, uh, do you need a lawyer to represent you? And he'd be like, uh, no, I got my uh, love bots beat it eight times rotating rhythmic masturbator to get me off. <laughs> That's That's like comedy and stuff. That's masturbator, <clears throat> by the way. I think you mispronounced Dave, it Dave, I don't know where you're coming up with these pronunciations <laughs> yeah. for the words, but... <laughs> It's at $63. Yes. Uh, estimated retail price. Yeah, Amazon sells it for that. Don't know what it costs at Cupid's Closet. Okay, but but it's $63. So mm-hmm. this would not rise to the level of an over $200 item, so it's a lesser charge. I see what you mean. So, you know, it's, it's not grand larceny, it's just petty larceny right. at that point. That's it. I see. All right. So, he- heavy petty. Heavy petty. Yeah, right. there you go. And as long as we're talking about sex. Burger Kings in Austria are offering customers an unusual way to celebrate LGBTQ lifestyles during Pride Month. BKs in Austria are offering Whoppers with, quote, equal buns, meaning each Whopper has either two top buns or two bottoms. But you can shove your meat inside both of them so it really doesn't matter. (laughs) Yes. The idea is, quote, Meant to put a smile on our faces yeah. and to remind us to treat each other with respect and peace, according to the Burger Kings in Austria. Now, if you order a Whopper with both a bottom and a top, mm. uh, does that uh, does that yeah. raise suspicions? It doesn't raise suspicion, in, but in, the, it, in th- the kingdom, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't accomplish the goal of celebrating LGBTQ lifestyles during Pride Month. Well, it could. It just means that uh, you uh, have a more diverse range of interests. No, you 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 have a you have a more mainstream type of interest in that. Not point. if you're a bottom and a top. That well, shows that shows a certain level of. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, listen, if diversity. Uh, let's say you get like a Whopper with extra cheese and extra mayo, and mm, you yeah, turn right. it sideways. Uh, yeah, I can see the resemblance. Sure, it's <laughs> see, it's that kind of versatility yeah, yeah, yeah. that allows him to do whatever he wants. That's right. Damn it. Why pick a side? You get, to wear, thinking. you get to wear a crown hat while you're eating it, too. <laughs> you can see what they do to those damn onion rings. Oh, it's my Prince of Prides right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up on 657 with back Steve and Dave. Coming up next in the 102-second sports, a woman is escorted out of an L.A. Dodgers game 
for a very specific reason. I think it's something we can discuss and turn into a whole topic next hour as well. Stay tuned right. to uh, Rock 102. Hey, Springfield Dill. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, remember the other day when I was pointing out the Boston Celtics tend to collapse and fold up like a cheap suit in the third quarter of nearly every important playoff game? Well, here's something you might find interesting. Things weren't any different last night either. In fact, despite beating Golden State in Game 3 last night, 116-110, to 110, and taking a 2-1 lead in the series, the Celtics still, still got smoked in the third quarter. In fact, they got outscored again, 33-25. to 25. Now, you might say, but Baxi, they still won the game. Why are you focused on deficiencies when you should be focused on them taking a lead in the series? To which I would respond, why do you mind your own business? You see, folks, had it not been for the fact that Golden State turned the ball over 17 times or the fact they got burned 15 times trying to grab offensive rebounds due to the Celtics' overwhelming defense, then this series might have been going the other way. In fact, it still could. And if it does, then everyone's going to start looking at what they're not doing during the third quarter of every game they've played in this series. Is that me being pessimistic? No, it's me pointing out the obvious weakness in the Celtics. And if the Celtics have any intention of burying these guys, they need to work on not getting hammered during the third quarter. Look, the Celtics lead the series two games to one. After spending the night crushing the numbers, I've concluded that the Celtics only need to win two more times. They're home tonight and on the road on Monday. Technically, they could finish this thing off in five games, and for me, that would be perfect. But to do that, the Celtics need to do more things, and some of those things include not falling asleep during the third quarter of the game. It really shouldn't be that hard to do, and yet somehow, the Celtics haven't been able to figure that all out. Let's hope tomorrow night is different. Otherwise, we're going to wind up dragging this thing out to six or seven games, and I would like to think that's not necessary. At least that's what I'm hoping for. But hey, it's a my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Benjamin Moore paint, cabot stains only sold at independent service-oriented retailers like Rocky's. You know where they don't sell Benjamin Moore and Cabot? Uh, aren't you glad you know? The little hint there. Good people, paint people, and rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. To Springfield Classic Rock at 712 and Def Leppard with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, rainy this morning and then tapering off uh, to mostly cloudy skies this afternoon and a high of 79. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 79. It is 60 right now in downtown Springfield. So, Tommy, Tommy Pluta and uh, Robert LaRoche from The Size are going to be here in an hour from now. Don't forget uh, this weekend, they're having their 30th anniversary party uh, and show at uh, Race Street Live in Holyoke. So they'll be up in, in about an hour. All right, about uh, 10 minutes ago, I did the story in sports about the L.A. Dodgers game where the woman was ejected for dancing. And she was, according to one commentator, pretty. So other women, Karens, started complaining. And this guy was saying, you know, it's a baseball game, not a funeral for crying out loud. What's wrong with her dancing in front of the crowd? And apparently, according to one report, her breast 
reportedly fell out of her dress multiple times as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I've been looking at this thing for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> I know, I haven't seen one nipple. I haven't seen any any nipple or anything that she's done that would uh, result in an ejection from the game. Yes. And as far as her looks, mm-hmm. you know, far be it from me to objectify any woman based on how attractive she is, but... The reality is she is a very attractive woman. Yes. And, and you, know, you know, who are we to uh, cast hate upon a woman who is just enjoying herself during a ball game? Well, and, you know, is it any worse than chanting F you to Draymond Green at the TD Garden? No, because the dude deserves it. Tried taking off uh, Jalen Brown's pants the other day. Right, exactly. But profanity in front of kids. Clay Thompson kind of had a point there. Yeah. As opposed to just dancing. That's all she was doing. In front of a baseball crowd. She may but. Been- she was also having the nip slip. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't she, know. But I, unintentional. It's not like she intended to do that. She's like, not like she was doing a strip tease in front no. of the crowd. Yeah, but I don't want to see that when I go to a ball. Really? You yeah. don't? No. I, I kind of do. Yeah, no, I do I'm too. already uh, I'm already angry enough at uh, a nine dollar beer or a uh, seven dollar hot dog. <laughs> Wouldn't it make you happier to see a nip slip on a good looking woman? Mm, yeah, but she's not that great looking. She's good I'm, looking. The more I look at this video, the more I'm like, uh, she's. Uh, All right, okay. Uh, for for she looks for like Dodgers she's, games. I think she's kind of a step up. I get okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you the Dodgers fan right. thing. Uh, but she also looks like she may. Uh, be in the beginning of uh, early stage liver cirrhosis. By the way, she's <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, look at her when she's being like uh, manhandled by those security guards. Well, uh, let her you know. enjoy herself just, while she can before uh, she passes she's, away. She's then. a little boozy, but yeah. that's okay. A little boozy. She right, can't even boozy. stand, and these guys are carrying, and she's yelling and screaming as they they take her away. I wish we could get the audio for that. I know, right? Well, maybe somebody else with a uh, cell phone. Out and I, recording because this whoever it was that took the video didn't get audio along with it. You know the uh, the Dodgers that was a a real thing happened on Curb Your Enthusiasm where this guy was exonerated for murder because <laughs> he was at he was at the game. He happened to be at the very game that Larry David yes. was taping. Yes, and that's right. And they proved his innocence by proving he was in that camera shot on that very day that he was accused of doing this. Saw murder. that, yeah. That was pretty neat. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So there you go. I uh, could care less about these. Uh, All right. Well, as long as we pass judgment on that, mm-hmm. this kind of goes along with that story here. Yeah. Swingers are on the rise. Swingers. Yes. As many as 15 million Americans habitually swapping partners to spice up their sex lives. Mm. New research on this revealing that swingers in the U.S. are, quote, mostly white, middle-aged, and middle income. Mm -hmm. So kind of like average folks. I couldn't do it. I couldn't couldn't do it. No, no. No. I couldn't watch somebody else banging my wife. Really? Like, I wouldn't be able to do that. Suppose you were banging somebody else's wife. No, couldn't do that either. Really? Mm, Not, yeah. No? No. Couldn't do it? No. Couldn't do it. Steve, I believe in monogamy, and I don't think I could do it. It's uh, uh, like swinging. As into swing, as into like l'amour. Well, because, you know what I'm talking about. Well, because here, here's the other issue, mm-hmm. and this is much like that nudist camp thing I was talking right. about. Most of the people that are swingers are probably people you wouldn't normally would want to have sex with anyway. <sighs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like in the porn videos where they're all hot. Well, see, I um, I've seen nudists, and I would agree with you. I wish I hadn't seen them. Um, I don't know a lot of swingers. 
I think in my entire lifetime, I've probably met uh, like two. See, and this, this is the point. I don't think you know who the swingers are. I don't. That's, that's what a, I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like and, somebody you know, know well could be uh, could be a swinger. I'm sure that's. I, I'm sure of it. Like I could be. You know, you could be looking at me right now. And I, I also know that I would not be high in the invitation list. <laughs> Well, no, probably. Like yeah, they, see, that's the thing. Like, nobody would want me there. No, if either. I if I showed up at the door because you got that upside down pineapple outside your uh, yeah. your house, uh, my guess is they would uh, say, "Well, where's the pizza?" And here's your tip. Yeah, uh, uh, now you're mixing pineapple on pizza. You know I hate. Yeah, that. I know that. Yeah, me too. Uh, by the way, that is one of the signs: the upside down pineapple on the front yard. There are others now too. Other signals. What if you're a SpongeBob fan and the thing just turned upside down by accident? That's a good point. You know, <laughs> you're making a lot of you're making a lot of people at the house. Here's here are the other signals to look out for that indicate swinging: garden gnomes. Really? Yes. Garden really? gnomes. Yes. I'm just reading from the report any, here. Any garden gnome or like a, like garden gnomes set up in a certain way? It doesn't say, and I think that there could be you know confusion where somebody just likes to have a garden gnome and they have no interest in swinging. But apparently, the presence of garden gnomes in the front yard can indicate swingers. Also, hot tubs and pompous grass. Whatever the hell that is. Pampas grass is like an ornamental grass. It usually grows like, you know, five, six feet tall. Okay. Good barrier so none of the, uh, the neighbors can peer over the uh, the pampas grass. Gotcha. And by the way, one other symbol, flamingos. Plastic flamingos in the front yard. So what you're telling us is mm-hmm. that uh, the best way to identify a swinger in your yeah. neighborhood is to look for people with either the most amount of crap on their front lawn mm-hmm. or people with horrible taste. Yes. Apparently. Well, all right. So do you have to have all of these things to become a swinger or just one of these things? It's it's kind of like uh, like Googling symptoms for uh, for COVID. Right. Like you could have all these uh, things and not have COVID, like a runny nose and a, a, a sore throat and right. things like that. But again, those are just small things that make up that could be COVID and you might not have COVID, you might just have a cold. Well, it's a good point. So and and if, you, if you're a swinger, you're probably ruining your efforts instead of focusing on one of these. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I know plenty of people with hot tubs and they're definitely not swingers. Right. So. At least as far as you know. Well, yeah, I guess what happens after I leave. <laughs> and, yeah, no kidding. What happens after Again, I leave? Guys like you and me would not be high on the invitation list. Yeah. You know what? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna start questioning my friends who have that hot tub going. Yeah. What the hell's going on here? Well, I'm not here. <laughs> Just ask them if you see that glass yeah. bowl with the keys inside of it, right? Isn't I, that what they used to do back in the '70s? Yeah. The key party. I yeah. mean, it would be interesting to say uh, download one of them swinger apps. I mean, I haven't done this because you I, I believe you got to pay for it uh, <laughs> to download one of these swinger apps and uh, see who you might know in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like, the swinger is a person in your neighborhood. Sounds like a Sesame Street song, yeah, by yeah. the way. In your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. Yes. Oh, who are the swingers in your neighborhood? <laughs> they're the people that you meet. When you're walking down the street, they're the people that you meet each day. Mmm, love swingers. Yeah, there you go. One swinger. Ha, ha, ha. Elmo wants to know what a roast beef sandwich is. (laughs) 
It's 721 with Back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. GG Inks. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 727. And Led Zeppelin with Back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. It's uh, going to be rainy this morning, then clearing this afternoon with a high of 79 uh, tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 79. It's 60 in downtown Springfield. Swinging on the rise here in the United States. Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? This is Mike. Hey, Mike. Mike what's up? Hey, just uh, something just talking about the swingers. I had a colleague that was looking at retirement homes. She was always saying how white rocks in the front of a house would always indicate that they are swingers, huh. at least around retirement areas. So, I don't know. That always sticks out to me. Right. White rocks. Interesting. There's another one. What? Might have to remove the white rocks in front of my house. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that you have them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? This is Kathy. <laughs> Hi, Sounds like you're using Kathy. a pseudonym. What's, uh, what's, um, what's on your mind? I worked at a swingers party once. Doing what? It, well, we were hired more or less for catering and bartending. Okay. But they did not have any of that ghetto nonsense on their front lawn because their house was worth about $2.3 How is it that the rich Out folks the always... Boston area. How, how come it's the rich folks that always get into that kind of stuff? You don't, you don't see... And Paul... these were attractive people. These were not ugly yeah. people. These were well-to-do... Doctors, lawyers. All right, but was the there like whole a whole night was planned out? The was, food, was, the drinks, the was, pool time. Was there like a separate section for the largely unattractive group of swingers? Like they were put in a different room or like a there like was, under, an under a tent? Invite only, maybe maybe ten couples. Hmm. What like um, I, everything was very broken up into time when they eat, when they drink, when fool around time happens later on. Wow. What um yeah. what 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 Boston community? You can, you can say that cuz nobody knows. You know, what community was it? I want to say Walpole. How close to the prison? I was going to ask that. These were not prisoners. Mm. These were attractive people who have had <laughs> no. some work done. These, and these take care are these are the lawyers. And... These are the lawyers that defended everybody in that prison. <laughs> yes. There you go. And they All right. said, hey, now I'm going to give my lady some new boobies, and we're going to the party down the street. Oh, man. Hey, next next time you're uh, working an event, let us know. We'll be happy to join you. Oh, they told me they're calling me. I was invited to stay. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have the husband with me, to, so it would be uneven. Yeah, no, <laughs> that makes sense. I the dynamic. All right. <laughs> All right, thanks for the call. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Yeah, all sorts of swinging that spurks out there today. I'm still interested in these garden gnome things being mm-hmm. the sign. Okay. Yeah, I got to get rid of the white rocks and my garden gnomes. So would that mean you would eat somebody out of house and gnome? Oh, oh look at yeah, yeah, look at look this that. guy, hey, huh? yeah. How about that? I think of the three of us, it's this guy. Yeah. And isn't the roaming gnome the mascot for some... Travelocity, is it? Is that what it is or not? I, bu- I believe it is. So maybe they're secretly some sort of swing in society, their Travelocity. Makes you think. Maybe. Mm. 731. News is next to Rock 102. Here's your... 734. We're back, Steve and Dave, on Rock 102. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. Mention Rock 102 and save $2,500 on the cost of labor during their Yankee Homes Thank You America sale going on now through July 4th. Call Yankee Home and mention Rock 102 all month long. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. Here's an interesting headline from 22 News. Springfield man stopped on bicycle and arrested for illegal firearm possession. This happened Tuesday night this week. 
According to Ryan Walsh, the spokesperson for the Springfield Police, happened around 9.40 in the evening. Detectives from the FIU, the Firearms Investigation Unit, informed that 18-year-old Joe Brian Davis of Springfield was in possession of a firearm. While detectives were applying for a search warrant on his apartment, they saw him leave on his bicycle. He was stopped by officers and a loaded large-capacity firearm capable of holding 14 rounds of ammo was found in his shorts pockets while he was riding his bicycle away from the scene. In his shorts pocket? Yes. Mm, that's that's a, dangerous. That's real dangerous. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not great to be, uh, you know, cycling with a gun in, uh, on you, but in your pocket, you know, those, I don't know what kind of uh, shorts he was wearing, but, uh, you know, those pockets and some of those shorts, very loose. Well, and it, it never goes properly. We've heard these stories about guys stuffing shorts down their sweatpants, walking into... Walmarts and Costco's and stuff like that. And who yeah. was the Giants wide receiver? Plaxico Burris. Plaxico Burris. That's right. Yeah. Nothing good can happen. Where, where, uh, what street was he apprehended on? Does it say? Does not identify the location in the story from 22 News anyway. Yeah, could have been on a warm day like yesterday. I mean, can you imagine, like, you know, riding your bike up the hill on Worthington Street to try to avoid police? I mean, you get pretty tired by the time you get to the top of the hill. I would. The young man was arrested. And charged with the following, carrying a firearm without a license and carrying a loaded large capacity firearm on a public way. That's the only indication of the location, a public way somewhere in Springfield. All right. Well, this is why maybe they're having this big event coming up June 25th at the Gardner Memorial African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. What they're doing on that day is they're taking guns and they're melting down the barrels of the guns in order to turn them into gardening tools. So you can bring your guns, whether you're riding a bicycle or not, Mm -hmm. and you can have the barrels melted in a portable forge that will be converting that metal into gardening tools that will then be donated to community gardens. So they will turn guns into hoes. Kind of like Jesus turning water into wine. Yeah, very similar. Maybe it's part of a biblical phrase. I don't even know. I have no idea. I have no knowledge of the Bible. The event is... Uh, Jesus dies in the end. I hate to be a spoiler. Oh, man. There goes my light summer weekend reading coming up. You come back for an encore? The event, by the way, is... does. uh, The event is planned as a way to call attention to the amount of gun violence in the community. It begins again June 25th at 10 a.m. It's conducted by the New Haven-based organization Swords to Plowshares. In this case, gun barrels to plowshares. I went to uh, high school with Mary Magdalene. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I uh, I copied off her during the uh, sexual health exam. Big mistake. I didn't realize you were that old. Big mistake. You've been around a long time. (laughs) A lot of things you don't know about me, dude. (laughs) He's a lot older than he seems. Hey, while the Springfield City Council is working on naming a new vice president, Holyoke City Councilor Wilmer Pueyo Mota has got his own problems. He's back in a Rhode Island courtroom June 15th for a bail hearing. Now, you remember the story involved his possession of child pornography. But this has gotten worse because apparently he'd been faking documents and even staging a bogus phone call with someone purporting to be his National Guard superior. He did that in hopes of securing a lighter sentence. So now that's being addressed as well. In the meantime, Pueyo Mota remains held at the Rhode Island Department of Corrections Intake Services Center in Cranston. And again, Holyoke City Council down a guy at this point. 
Oh, well. I'm sure they'll survive. Lincoln police are looking for the public's help in identifying a man who allegedly exposed himself on the Minuteman Trail over the weekend. So if you're headed to the greater Boston area, whether it's for a swingers party or maybe for a little hiking on the Minuteman Trail, beware. There's a flasher out there. The Lincoln police releasing a sketch of the man on its social media pages earlier this week, described (laughs) as a six-foot, one-inch balding man with strawberry blonde hair and a stocky build weighing in at about 260 pounds. Now, when you say he's a six-foot, one-inch man, Mm -hmm. is that one entire measurement or are those two separate measurements? Damn good question. I mean, because if he's a six-foot man, Mm -hmm. and then we're trying to identify that remaining one inch. The exposed part? Mm. Yes. And what are we exactly getting at? I I don't know. He goes by the name Chuckle Nuts, because that's what you do when you see him. (laughs) He was wearing a dark green tank top and shorts when he allegedly exposed himself on the trail near Route 2A. It's Bro Globe Bojangle. That's what he's doing. Walking around, showing off his franks and beans everywhere he gets a chance to. <laughs> you know, I, listen, I, I know we all have our uh, our certain things, our certain little... Uh, little uh, peccadillos. Little, little peccadillos, mm-hmm. you could say. Sure, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But exposing my uh, bits and pieces for public consumption, and by that, I, I could, you could take that any way you want. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Has never really ever crossed my mind. No. I never really said, "Hey, you know what would be great right now if I went to like a park in a nice neighbor in a nice town like Lincoln, Massachusetts, yeah. and exposed my genitals to random strangers." That would never ever occur to me to do. So public flashing and swinging a hard no from this radio show. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't. I, you never want to say no. You never. Mm-hmm. You never want to be a draw a line in the sand and say I'll never cross that line. But mm-hmm. yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, what would compel a guy to say, you know what, my penis and testicles is so phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I really feel like I should be sharing this with everybody. I've never, ever ever felt that. And even though he's never let me down, I think he's just, you know, my own personal friend. He's he's experiencing carpe scrotum where you grab life by the balls. (laughs) Seizing the day. Seizing the day. (laughs) Here he is. We all have our cute little names for it. That's Bolarius. (laughs) Here's a great story out of Missouri for you to finish this newscast. An anonymous woman demanded that Geico pay her a million bucks because she got an STD after having unprotected relations in a guy's car. Geico was like... What are you, crazy? Totally plausible. But she took him to court and she won. A Missouri appeals court ordered Geico to pay her $5.2 million. Well, I guess it is a, uh, you know, something, an injury or a condition contracted by the person who owned that vehicle. And if that vehicle is insured, why not? Well, here's the crux of the matter, and this explains why... People want to become lawyers. It's complicated, but apparently it's all down to this. Geico refused to get involved initially and wouldn't join the guy's defense. The court later said that was them opting out of a defense. So the woman and the guy went to arbitration, which awarded her more, $5.2 million, based on documentation that she provided. Well, 
I'm going to have to start having sex in my car. Yes. Because I uh, Baxi brand needs a brand new pair of shoes. There you go. I don't know if the state laws here in Massachusetts would be similar to those in Missouri where this happened, but nonetheless, Geico's out $5.2 million. Unbelievable. How about she, that? She had that before she even got in the car. It was yeah. the <laughs> immaculate infection that she suffered. <laughs> it's 743 with back Steve and Dave. We've got Now Hear This coming up next on Rock, Rock 102. On Jet. We're back, Stephen Dave on Rock 102. Uh, rainy this morning, then clearing by this afternoon. High of 79. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 79. It's 60 in downtown Springfield. Uh, the size are going to be joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, then we're going to have uh, Tommy Pluta and Robert LaRoche uh, in the studio uh, playing some music. This is a band that was uh, originally from Western Mass. They signed with Charisma Records back in 1991. Their first album was released 30 years ago, and they got a big uh, celebration going on to Ray Street Live uh, this weekend. It was produced by Ed Stasium. This is a guy who had produced the Ramones, the Talking Heads, the Smithereens, Living Color, Motorhead, and dozens and dozens more. This was the real deal, and it was a great record. And uh, now it's celebrating its 30th anniversary. So uh, Tommy and Robert are going to be in here in just a few minutes the size coming to Ray Street Live this weekend. It's time for now. Hear this, and I realized I screwed up last hour when I was supposed to do the Mass Hat intro for the Mass Hat, and I played now. Hear this intro for the Mass Hat. Do you guys even recognize that or not? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, actually, and I, I didn't. And I realize now that you're going to hear this for the second time this morning. Now hear this. Now hear this. Do you truly hear what I'm saying? Sound off like you got a pair. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Now hear this on Rock 102. You know what it is? Back Steve and Dave in the morning. You know what it is, Dave? What? It's like hearing uh, Tom Petty's Won't Back Down (laughs) and then hearing Free Falling. You really can't tell the difference between the two. Even though they are two totally different things. Right. Got a good point. Yeah. So clip number one and now hear this, a TikTok trend where people are apparently bragging about a new drink called Healthy Coke, which you make by mixing balsamic vinegar with sparkling water. My Pilates instructor makes this drink and it's a healthy alternative to a Coke. Like a splash of balsamic vinegar and then take any sparkling beverage. I'm picking LaCroix and it could be any flavor. Mix it together. It tastes like a Coke and it's healthy. No, I don't think so. It's going to taste like vinegar in a, in a, in a <laughs> seltzer. Yeah. Here's one of the opponents on TikTok. Come on. That's disgusting. I don't know whose Pilates instructor told them to do this, but fire them. This is terrible. Yeah. Who's going to... Healthy Coke. Come on. People people will try it because it's on TikTok, and the people of TikTok would never lie, mm. the as whole, you know. The whole point of Coke is to not be healthy. Even the Diet Coke is not healthy. Diet Coke's actually worse, worse. for you. Yeah, sure. Clip number two from a ball game over the weekend with the Red Sox in Oakland against the A's and a special rendition of the national anthem. Name that instrument, anyone? It's you... a theremin. A what? It's a theremin. What's a th- what's a theremin? I don't know. What they... Theremin is <laughs> is uh, the, the the Beach Boys used it in uh, in uh, really? good vibrations. Oh, 
it's basically it, it's hard to to explain. It's an instrument that you don't actually touch, mm-hmm. but it responds to vibration huh. based upon where your hands are. Huh. It's been around for forever. It's called a theremin. Well, and I do recognize it now that you say it from Good Vibrations, the yeah. classic from Beast Boys. So what does it look like? It kind of the only way I can describe it. You ever see like an electronic uh, grill starter with a coil? Yes. It looks a little bit like that on top of a box. Well, you're wrong. It's not. It's not a theremin. The saw. Yes. The saw. That was got to be my other one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about, how about that? That oh, was saw. that was musician Caroline McCaskey playing the saw hmm. in Oakland. Well, for the Red Sox A's game this past weekend. She's good with the tools, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she All is. All right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you should have seen her with a gangly wrench. Uh, you mean a two-eighth-inch uh, sprocket gangly yeah. wrench? I said socket, not, not sprocket. sprocket. <laughs> Were the plumbers supposed to be at this convention? I think it's tomorrow. Clip number three. Clay Thompson from the <laughs> Golden State Warriors complaining about the Boston crowd chanting profanities at his teammate. It was not a factor. We played in front of rude people before, dropping F-bombs with children in the crowd. Real classy. Good job, Boston. It's the TD Garden crowd yeah. chanting, F you, Draymond Green, yeah. except they use the full word. Dude, have you never played in Boston before? Or New York? Or Chicago? Or Philadelphia? Or any number of NBA cities where the same amount of language is being tossed to your, towards your team? Still, I, I mean, I think he's got a little bit of a point. I mean... Chanting that stuff in front of the kids, you know, that's, I mean, what, I know that's th- what the NBA is built upon. Well, all sports, really. Yes, of course. <laughs> but it doesn't mean the, the kids. I mean, the kids know these words anyway. I get it. And I guess we were talking about the United States being kind of a prudish country earlier in yes. the week when it comes to sex. Listen, they're just words. And when you attach them to sporting events, that's mm-hmm. perfectly acceptable. That's true. Clip number four. From James Corden on his late night show last night. Britain's annual cheese rolling contest took place the other day. You know the cheese rolling contest. You know the cheese rolling contest. Yes. Uh, where it's uh, it genuinely is amazing. Contestants race to catch a wheel of cheese that is rolling down a steep hill. And get this, for the first time ever, an American woman won the competition. Yeah. I mean, it's a competition so pointlessly dangerous, I cannot believe it wasn't invented here in America. He's got a point. We, sh- we should be proud to invent these kind of things, but we could always steal it from Britain, I guess. James Corden is kind of a mass hat, so I guess that would fit if we <laughs> messed up the intro for all this stuff. Well, that would have been last hour, I guess. Well, I, uh, good thing uh, you didn't play the mass hat intro because then I would have thought it'd it was 645. To- yeah, you'd be totally confused. Yeah, and then the size wouldn't be coming up for two more hours. <laughs> and now they're only coming up for one hour. They'll be in next hour playing live. And Tommy Cross, the defenseman from the Springfield Thunderbirds, will join us. And I think we still have two sets of tickets to give we away, do. right? Two Whoa. sets of tickets for, uh, yes. Two Tommies in one show? What, what is this, amateur hour? hour? <laughs> <laughs> you got a guest host. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> you want to give away... One right now, or now? Do you want to save them for both the next hour, guys? What do you want to do? Makes no never mind to me. Well, let's give away a p- some right now. Yeah, let's right. see uh, what's the deal here. It is a, a four pack of tickets to Monday's game against the Laval Rocket. Tenth caller right now at two nine three one zero two one gets to go to the game. Good luck to you. It's seven fifty six. Back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock one zero two. Rock one zero two. Springfield's classic rock. It's eight oh nine. 
and Queen with back Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. Uh, rainy day today, but it's giving way to sunshine a little bit later on this afternoon. Highs in the high 70s today, which is why we get to have our morning brightened up with some music. Um, in the uh, studio with us right now, uh, Tommy Pluta and Robert LaRoche from The Size. This is a band that uh, started in Western Mass in 1991. They got uh, signed to Charisma Records. They've put out a couple records, and this weekend, uh, they're celebrating the, fir- the 30th anniversary of their first album. Guys, good to, good to see you. Thanks good for coming morning. in. Good morning, sir. So, um, Tommy and, and I did a, a podcast interview back in February, so I'm going to let you guys uh, uh, talk to them. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> that was a great interview. Yeah, it was good. It was a good interview. It, it, one of the things that, that, that is really interesting, so, I mean, you, local people don't always appreciate the fact that there's been a lot of great local music over the years, mm-hmm. and... You guys had a, 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 a career, especially early on. Charisma Records was a you know at the at the time was a was a good label, uh, and you work with Ed Stasium, who was a tremendous producer in your first go around, right. uh, which you know, to me is amazing. Tell us tell us a little bit about that. It was a great experience. Uh, we you know we, we, the band actually started in '82. I mean, it took ten years of just playing clubs and, and colleges to. You know, get to a point where we were, we were uh, attracting some attention. You know, by playing in New York, and then you know we were signed to Charisma, and um, our manager had a John D. Nicola knew Ed personally in New York City. He was actually lived around the corner, and he's like, "Let me talk to my neighbor." And then we put together who Ed was with the with his history with the Ramones and uh, all kinds of other acts, and so it just happened very quickly and. Flew out to Los Angeles, I think just a couple of months after we signed with Charisma, and uh, and there was Ed. You know, he always was already living in L.A. and um, just you know went went to uh, Burbank. I think it was. We did some pre-production, which is fancy word for <laughs> rehearsal, basically. <laughs> and then we uh, went into A&M Studios, um, Sunset and La Brea, which was uh, Albert Moss. You know, Herb Albert and. Um, Tijuana Brass, a hundred percent. Tijuana Brass, yeah, yeah. The Tijuana Brass didn't play on your record, though, right? They didn't. No, (laughs) did they? they I don't think. I don't think. I don't think they did. did I thought we paid them. But it, it you, just, you, you guys sound like you enjoyed L.A. a little bit too much. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I, He's like, I don't know. I don't know where we were. We were someways. Well, you a, know what? I'll give a, you an idea of. <laughs> I'll give you an idea of what set the tone for the whole sessions. Um, when we got to A&M Studios, it was the it was on the old Charlie Chaplin soundstage mm-hmm. where Chaplin did all his you know famous silent movies, and uh, they had been using that for I guess social events. And so when we got there, I believe it, I want to say it was September, maybe late August, September of 91, and uh, Sting had his 40th birthday party there uh, the night before we arrived. And um, Sting is from Newcastle, England, and they had leftover kegs of Newcastle hmm. beer, yeah. and uh, I was still drinking in those days. And uh, so we took full advantage of that. And the uh, secretary's like, well, Sting was here. Do you want us to bring those kegs up to the studio? Yes, please. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of set the tone. I mean, it was a productive session. We got a lot of work done. I bet bet. you did. Yeah. (laughs) But it was, you know. It was very productive. It was was fun time and and work time at the same. Excellent. Uh, Somebody uh, pointed out that you did their high school prom around here back in like 1987. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how you. But that's how you get in. I mean, that's how you get out. I mean, you get your name out there. I mean, obviously that was, 
you said about 10 years before you, you started doing it. So 87 would have been about eight or nine years Correct. into that. Yeah. And, uh, but that's how you get your name out. You start booking yourself for all these you know, different gigs around the area, and people yeah. start to recognize, and that's how you pick up steam. Yeah, what's fun for us, I think, too, Steve, is you know we're we're coming up. We're on our 30th anniversary of what goes on, which we came out on Charisma Records. We just we just talked about that a little bit, and you know it is the fans over the years, especially early on. Bax and I talked about it, you know, from uh, playing all the clubs locally to proms or whatever the case may be, um, and then you know having an opportunity to play at the China Club, and we we brought a Peter Pan bus down with all of our fans on the bus. So that's cool. You know, for us to celebrate this this event Saturday night at Ray Street Live is going to be great because we're going to get a chance to see all those friends that we haven't seen in a while, which is kind of cool for us, too. You, you, you were know? telling us that uh, you guys were uh, rehearsing, was it last night? Yeah. Had, yeah. When was the last time that you guys had had rehearsed? Uh, warehouse? I think it was uh, two years ago we were going to play, and it was right at like, the end yeah. of March written COVID hit, you know. Yeah. And so that got canceled. But so it's been a couple of years. So when you when you uh when you get back together and it's been, like you say, almost now two years yeah. since you've had a chance to play together. You know, Tommy and I were talking about this the other day. Right. A lot of it just kinda comes back to your like muscle memory. So like you yeah. like you like you know, you forget some of the, your your songs, but as soon as you get together it's like it all falls back into place. That's so true. Yeah. Now that's then that's exactly right. And I mean, it's it's funny. It was, some of these songs are. Uh, I mean, obviously the stuff from the from the what goes on CD, which we're focusing heavily on uh, Saturday night because it is the 30th anniversary of the release. So um, most of those songs just came back, like you said, muscle memory. There are a couple of songs in the show that are 40 years old. I think you know when, and uh, you know these. This is really you have to dig, reach pretty far into your brain and and and. <laughs> Singing well, the songs, the lyrics I have to remember, but uh, so far so good. Well, speaking of which, when you're playing out live, and whether you're drinking Newcastle or not, I don't yeah. know, do you have a Spinal Tap moment where you have no idea where the hell you are on a given night? Uh, you know, uh, thankfully, uh, I, I don't anymore. I don't anymore. <laughs> no, I mean going back. I mean, did oh, you that, ever? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. There, were some, there were some nights where, you know... Uh, my roadie would write, you know, write down on the set list where you are and stuff. Yeah, that's definitely a Spinal Tap moment. We actually, uh, there was times where we had actually referenced Spinal Tap going to stage, mm-hmm. like make believe we were going the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So we're like Spinal Tap. Oh, where's the stage? We, you know, obviously knew where it was. And I'm Cleveland. Did it do a? Did it have like a Stonehenge thing on your on your stage ring? Uh, no, 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 no props. No, 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 no Stonehenge. Props. Now you got, you guys toured quite a lot when uh, you know, back then in the uh, the early '90s. Who did you guys wind up touring with? You know, it, the we we went out with the Jim Blossoms. We went mm. out with the Spin Doctors. Wow! Um, I think th- the longest run we had was with um, an LA band called Dada, who had that song Disneyland, and uh, they were just fantastic. And we did a Rock the Vote tour. It was an election year '92, um, so we did a Rock the Vote tour with with Dada all over the country. And uh, that was a great experience, and they were fan- they were really they were great. great. I just flipped off President George. Now I'm going to Disneyland. Correct, that That's was it, one man. of their lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a good song, mm-hmm. and we had to bring our A game because mm-hmm. you know they were they were fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was a really good experience. But mm-hmm. those were the, the the main three that we went out with. It was, I mean, you know, we we went from playing uh, regionally to you know having William Morris as your booking agent, and uh, so it was a. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a, it was a, we had to learn quickly. It was a quick learning curve. 
And um, it was a great experience. It, it just happened, seemingly happened fast. It took 10 years to get to that point. But when, when the on switch came, it's like, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's cool. You can't complain about being tired because you're, <laughs> you're tired doing something that you've been working hard for and something you love. So mm. this is, you, em- you embrace it. Yeah. This is uh, Tommy Plute and Robert uh, LaRoche from uh, The Size. One of the things that Tommy and I talked about in, in our podcast interview back in February is uh, Charisma Records, who yeah. you guys had signed with. And you had the choice to sign with any number of, of uh, labels at the time. But Charisma in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, was not the same uh, was not the same label that had had uh, let's see at one point they had uh, Genesis and Peter Gabriel on the right. Alan's Parsons project yeah and, but at this point in the 90s they were starting to lose a little bit of their focus and a lot of really great bands signed to charisma wind up not getting the the help and promotion that they deserved you guys uh, jellyfish would have been one of them uh, a handful of others and it just yeah. it wasn't uh, anyone's fault musically but you weren't necessarily given the proper due based upon the resources of that company i mean i I agree with that and i think it's just it's it's a very familiar story in the in the in the music business Mm -hmm. we got caught in a corporate merger the record was released in june of 92 talking about the what goes on cd and then a month later the label was sold Mm -hmm. emi bought out virgin and so you know uh we're not unique (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, it happened. It happened to a lot of bands. It, it really did, especially yeah. especially bands who are playing, you know, really great power pop songs like you guys did. It's like, yeah. you know, these are these are songs that if if you go back and you listen, say you go onto a Spotify or you find a CD, like where our friend at Raspberries had a yeah. a long box in, in yeah. perfectly good shape. Yeah, uh, Raspberries and Ludlow. Um, it, you know, you realize these were great records with great great. Uh, you know, very tuneful melodic songs. You guys, you know, were were so good back then. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we you know we did have the the opportunity to work with Ed and and, and uh, make a really great record. I was going through the songs last week and um, I cranked up the CD pretty pretty heavy, loud in my car just to kind of like get familiar with the songs, the lyrics, where my harmonies are, and everything like that. And uh, I just stopped. I started really listening. It just it just really brought back a lot of great memories for me and. You know, we made such a great record. It was a lot of fun at that time to do it. Ed Ed was a great producer. He really showed us how to make a record. It wasn't always easy with him. You know, he he definitely was like, you know, make sure it was right. And you listen back now, thirty years later, and I'm really glad he did. You know, there's there's just uh, some really interesting, subtle parts that are happening, and and the the, the harm. It's all us. There's no auto tune. There's no, <laughs> you know, drum machines or mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff. It is us, 100 uh, percent through and through. Um, so we're very fortunate to make a really killer record that really holds up today, I think, you know, so, and, and we're looking forward to after, especially after last night's rehearsal, uh, you know, going through those songs for our, for our friends and fans that, uh, so. so how many times did he make you guys do vocal parts? He was, a t- <laughs> you know, Ed, Ed was, Ed, Ed was a great guy, but he was a task, task maker. He was difficult. Uh, or we, we thought he was difficult cause we, I guess we thought we'd just, you know, go in and basically do our live show in the studio and it was not like that at all so yeah. he he made us do th- takes over and over and over again he was a perfectionist and to his credit like tommy just said uh you know 30 years later when you put the record on it still sounds still sounds pretty good and and even last night in rehearsal i hadn't sung these songs in a long time and 
and uh, it felt fresh. Yeah, you know, it felt good and so. not dated too. That, that, that's it, right. we should yeah. point that out. That if you listen yeah. back, and I mean, maybe that's you know Stasium's work. Maybe it's you know the songs that you guys uh, put together, but it doesn't sound dated at all. It doesn't sound like someone that that only came out thirty years ago. Right. You know, you want to hear something funny? I mean, talk about what we thought was over the top at the time when. When we were at A&M Studios, right, it's, uh, it's the, which is no longer uh, going, no longer there, and we were in the Studio A, so we were like, okay, whatever that means, okay, be there at a, whatever it was, 11 o'clock, sure, mm-hmm. and that was the We Are the World room. That's where they oh, recorded We oh, Are the oh, World. Cool. Yeah. So when we walked in, I said, wow, this looks familiar. And they're, oh, yeah, they did mm-hmm. the We Are the World video here, mm. and we're kind of, you know, I mean, we're just kind of scratching our heads going, yeah, you know what? How do we go from <laughs> how do we go from playing yeah. the local bar to recording in this A and M Studio A? But they actually Ed was a, a stickler for for drums, among among all the other instruments. But drums was really kind of his bag, and they had a full PA system on the floor, turned you know facing the ceiling with mics, you know, miking it. And I said, man, this is this is this is going to sound pretty big. And so he had a, he had a vision, and that was his style of of production but uh it was a real eye-opener a real learning experience and we just kind of you know we kind of did what we were told but he he didn't he never asked us okay how do you feel about this mm-hmm. <laughs> he yeah. said okay yeah. you're gonna do yeah. this right. well, there, was, there was a you know a lot of what bobby was talking about as far as the vocal parts i mean obviously bobby's a great singer you know pitch wise so obviously getting the best take was fairly easy to you know get because i sat through all the sessions um, you know, harmony wise, you know, he would, I would do a harmony and, uh, you know, we'd get that right, make sure that was where he wanted it to be. And then I would double it or even maybe sometimes triple it. And I wouldn't hear what I did previously. He would just have me sing to hmm. just sing again, <laughs> right. do it again, tighten up the phrasing. Do it. And I'm sitting there, I'm getting so mad cause I'm like, I, and I'm listening back in the headphones saying that sounds pretty darn good to me, better mm-hmm. than uh, my friend's studio at home in the basement <laughs> where we've been doing all our demos. And then I would get, I would just be finally, I would get it. It would be done. And I'd go in the control room to listen back and I'd be like, holy crap. Yeah. He was right. Yeah. It was really amazing. And I listened back like Heroes Are Made for Falling was one of them. Uh, Can't Refuse Your Love. There's some really key, cool harmony parts on there that, you know, I'm still proud of today. Like, wow, man, that's me. You know, and and who knows what... It would have sounded like otherwise, maybe you know, maybe a little bit differently. But mm-hmm. the uh, the sides are going to be at Race Street uh, live on Saturday. What time's the show? It's a nine o'clock show. Um, Alex Rohan uh, is a great singer songwriter here, and um, he's going to be on at eight o'clock. Very cool, awesome. Tommy Pluto, Robert Roche from uh, the Sides. Great to see you. Best Thank of luck you. on Saturday. Thank, Thank you, fellas. And congratulations on the thirtieth anniversary yeah. of the album. Appreciate awesome. you guys. It's eight twenty four. We're back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock one hundred two. Rock one hundred two. It's eight twenty-seven. We're back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock one hundred two. Hey, let me answer that. Yeah, let, uh, who's calling you? No idea. Some Springfield number. Really? Mm-hmm. You should pick it up. See who's calling. It might be something important. Already, already put him to voicemail. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'll be damned. That's like a, that's happened a few times. Do you, that has a silent button on it. Yeah, know? yeah. Do you ever uh, you put that on the yeah. silent button? Yeah. W- mm. Would today have been one of those days? Yeah. Yeah. And it still rings. <laughs> no, I didn't put it on today. But what I. I should put it on. Yes. yes. Well, I mean, we're not saying yes. yes. I mean, you, mm-hmm. that's really up to you. I yeah. mean, if you want to conduct your business on the show, that's your business. Your medications are ready at CVS. <laughs> that's probably what it is, actually. <laughs> I don't know what it is Important about stuff. the CVS courtesy call, but it mm-hmm. always comes at the absolute worst time. This is CVS Pharmacy for David. You have a prescription pickup at 108 Elm Street. 
probably what it is. Yeah. yeah well, there you go. See? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Cross from the Springfield Thunderbirds will be joining us a little bit later on this hour. We also have another four-pack of tickets for Monday night's game against the Laval Rocket. And uh, there you go. So, Tommy coming up in just a few. Yeah, we news, have- news is straight ahead and uh, a bold move by one gas station owner here locally. We'll get to it coming up on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. An area of low pressure approaching the region will bring rain this morning and it will come down heavy at times. 831. We're back, Stephen Dave and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. So a lot of talk about rising gas prices and one gas station owner in Amherst has his own answer. Reynald Gladu. Owner of Wren's Mobile in Amherst, he's deciding to shut off the fuel nozzle. Not because of a shortage or because of hard times. He feels customers shouldn't have to pay exorbitant prices, and so he's just going to stop serving gas. All right. You know, I mean, I, I, I get what he's trying to do, and I'm not trying to rain in his parade, but let's just say that I owned a store called Just Pants, and my primary thing that I sell are pants. Well, let's say the economy really goes into the, into the tank and the cost of pants shoots up to the to the roof. Mm-hmm. And I said to my customers, well, that's it. I'm not selling pants. I'm just selling all the other stuff in my store. Does this guy actually damage himself by doing this if he suddenly eliminates the primary reason that people go to his convenience store? Right. It's quite a move by this I, guy, it, actually. It, it, to me, it's, uh, it's it's bold but dangerous. Well, he's getting a lot of publicity out of it. We've talked about it now twice already on our show, and I know 22 News has a story running on its website and on its TV station. So he's getting a lot of publicity. Will that help him? I don't know. In the long run, will people remember this? Or will they just go get their gas elsewhere and well, forget this guy? He probably doesn't want to sell something that he thinks is uh, hurting his customers, so he's going to sell cigarettes and lottery tickets instead. He's a auto shop, too. He does repairs on vehicles, so I'm pretty sure that he could probably sustain himself on repairs alone. Yes, but if you go there because you've seized your engine for no oil or gasoline, he, he can't help you. That's true. In response to continuing problems with gun violence, a McKnight neighborhood church has a big event going on June 25th where you can bring your guns and have them melted down and converted into gardening tools. Mm, memory garden tool. Will you get your garden tool that day? Doesn't say. I don't think you get it. I think you donate your gun that then gets melted down, and somebody who really needs the gardening tools gets the gardening tools, like a community garden. So it's not, it's not garden tools while you wait. No. It'll dig graves for the people who were killed by the very firearm that it was turned into a shovel. Ooh. Look at you. Wow. Man. What a very what a, deep. What a poet. Mm-hmm. Again, this event is June 25th. At the Gardner Memorial African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church, 368 Bay Street. The, all right. That's a lot of names right? for one church. Well, that's they've got their own niche. I mean, right, Gardner. Well, wait a minute. It's African, gar- it's Methodist, it's Episcopal, and mm-hmm. it's Zion. And apparently they've got, they've got some sort of... Uh, your metal smelting plant over there. No, they what they have is a portable forge. Oh, okay. That they'll be having on hand on June 25th. I need something like that. You want to forge a things around the house? A portable forge. Portable 
for check the price on that eBay. <laughs> While you're doing that, I'll say that the event starts at 10 a.m. on June 25th and is conducted by the New Haven-based organization Swords to Plowshares. Uh, no more than $250. Come on, really? I'm not kidding. You wow. can get a Viver gas propane uh, for uh, $228. Do you need a special license to operate one of them thing- things or not? Doesn't say. Hmm. I, I've never heard of anybody uh, using one of these things. I've like, never like felt a portable the, one. What, how about like, like, a, like a forging party? Like we all get together, we forge the, our uh, our medals, and then have cake. I think that's exactly what they're doing here with the guns. They're forging all the guns. Or we could have a different kind of forging party and use fake signatures and do yeah. that. Could be. Could very well be. Hey, have you ever been engaged to two women at once? No. No. No, no, no. Well, there's a woman who had that going on. Stephanie Fernandez, the former Worcester woman accused of fatally stabbing her fiancé. She's in Worcester Superior Court this week, and they're talking about her case where she stabbed that ex-fiancé. She was also engaged to him and another guy at the same time. Ooh, boy, this is a very expensive woman. Yes. It's quite a circus going on at Worcester Superior Court. Apparently, she had two engagement rings and would slip one off... And put on the other, depending on which guy she was spending time with that day or well, that the, week. The, the good news is there's no man that's observant enough <laughs> to realize that she's got a different ring on her finger. That's a good point. So she got away with it for a while. On the other hand, can you be imagine if the shoe were on the other foot and it was a guy engaged to two women? Mm. What it must be like to uh, spend two months' salary twice. <laughs> Goes on for two in, different women. Goes on in Utah all yeah. the time. Bax. I've, I've now spent four months' salary on the two women I love. No, thank you. The Big E has announced its list of bands and singers that will perform on the Court of Honor stage this year. Are you ready? Uh, sure. Modern English. Uh, on a hot day, they will melt for you. There you go. That's September 16th through the 18th. KT Tunstall. The pop artist? Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? Uh-huh. Yeah. Suddenly I see. Yep, yep. The Yardbirds. Mm. They're still alive, and they'll be performing September 19th and 20th. Canned Heat. Featuring the first cousins of the original members. DJ Jazzy Jeff, the guy from DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. So yep. not the Fresh Prince, but the other guy. No. Didn't we talk about this yesterday? <clears throat> Yeah, but he no. was uh, in the other room. Oh, he was oh. in, he yeah. was in uh, Milwaukee or wherever he was. Oh, okay. Did you yeah. guys do it on the air? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, of then course. I, I... Oh, no, sorry, it's all right. No, no, no it's, it's fine. A, different it's, different it's, time. It's different. Cool. Yeah. Now, but, who let the dogs out, Ban? Baja well, men are going to be there? Yeah. Who let the dogs out? Ooh, 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 ooh. Who let the dogs out? Is that a horse check? Ooh, 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 ooh. Mr. Kata. You should get a royalty for that. Yeah. Man, I remember when this piece of garbage came out. I always wondered when they were ever going to uh, make another song. Who let the cats out? <laughs> meow, 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 meow. Yeah. Who? 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 Came out about the same time as the Macarena, I think, too. Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, about that same time. Not the same band, of course. But good on the uh, on the Big E for just you know stacking the deck with great entertainment, including John Waite, famous for missing you. Well, I told you yesterday uh, they should uh, put an H next to the E, so it's more like the big. Meh. 
<laughs> the big me. Well, because the acts are either on the way up or they're on the way down. Mm. There's no really in between. I haven't heard a single act that Dave just mentioned yeah. of someone who was on the way down. There you go. What about Not the yardbirds? The yardbirds. Mm-hmm. Still rising. They're just catching fire now. Yes. Just picking up steam. That's it. Hey, basketball returning to Springfield. That's college basketball. For the first time in seven years, it's a one-day doubleheader, Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. It'll be held at the Mass Mutual Center Saturday, December 17th. The UMass Minutemen will be taking on the University of North Texas. And by the way, the Minutemen have that brand-new head coach who you're going to want to see, Frank Martin. And then the second game will be Bryant University against Liberty University. I got this uh, this app called Calm. Have you ever used that? Uh, no. no. So I got a I got a free trial with this thing, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's sleep stories. It's celebrities read you stories for you to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. No kidding. And uh, the other night was Scotty Pippen, huh? And Scotty Pippen goes into this whole thing about talking about Springfield, Massachusetts, and the Basketball huh. Hall of Fame and everything like that. But Scotty's Pippen voice is like one of the most monotone voices ever. That's the point of the whole. At, this is what they do. They have, uh, and it and it's like people. Lavar Burton is one of the voices. You can get a reading rainbow story read to you by Lavar Burton. Well, that'll calm you right down. Hmm. But but it's old Lavar Burton. It's not like you remember him from the Reading Rainbow, where he uh, yeah. was young and vibrant. Yeah. Now. Now he talks like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened <laughs> so to his voice. The old and dejected LeVar Burton. And, and, well, he's uh, dejected because he didn't get the Jeopardy job. Yeah. I have never uh, I've never heard the end of one of these stories, and they're only about 30 <laughs> minutes long. So that's how good this thing is because it just right to hips, hypnotizes you right to sleep. Oh, my lady friend is having a hard time sleeping. I'm going to suggest this the to her. The Calm app. Okay. Yeah. I'm Highly sure she's recommended. Ter- I'm sure that- she's having a terrible time sleeping. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because of all the electricity that you're, yeah. you're bringing to that <laughs> woman's life. Uh, you're talking about calm, C-A-L-M? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Makes I'll sense. damned. Makes sense. How else would it be spelled? <laughs> C-O-M? I thought you meant C-O-M, like dot com kind of thing. Oh, you're calming your nerves. You're C-A-L-M. Well, I get it now. See, I, just, I, I downloaded the wrong ha- app. I, I downloaded Clam. Oh, that's a completely different yeah, thing. It, that's I where was, you find that sideways whopper with the stuff coming out of it. <laughs> Uh, you, you don't want to. You don't. Yeah. You don't want to upload cum dot com. Oh, I don't even want to. Okay. Oh my God. All right. Scott, what are you doing? I, it's right. just a verb, guys. C O M E. Come on. Uh, Coming and going. Yes. Please, Johnny. Come lately. Who Here do you think go. I am? Uh huh. <laughs> hey, there's a new study found out that optimism can add years to your life. So I'm in a good spot here, whereas you cynical bastards. Aren't going to live as long. That's Mr. Cynical Bastards to you. All right. Researchers tracking a bunch of people for more than two decades, finding out that those more optimistic, much more likely to make it to 90 or older. There you go. Do you want to make it to 90 or older? If I'm healthy still, yes. Yeah. I do. Like, But but if I'm, not, if I'm failing either physically or mentally, no. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've said this before. Mm-hmm. No one in their 90s ever says, hey, you know what? This has been my best decade so far. Well, I've, I've, everything up until this point has been kind of rotten. The moment I turned 90, that's when things started to totally look up. I've got a, a buddy of mine who's in his 90s. His name is Hal McGrath, and he is still going strong, mentally and physically. So about that? It can happen. I'm just saying. I didn't know it was possible to come out of a coma. I didn't know it was possible to not know that. <laughs> it's 842 with back Steve and Dave. It's a Thunderbird Thursday. Normally, we have Tommy Cross on earlier in the 8 o'clock hour. 
We hope to have him next. And also we have tickets, right? Yep, we do. We got another four-pack of tickets for Monday's game against Laval. Coming up on Rock 102. It's 8.45. We're back, Steve and Dave, on Rock 102. So Thunderbird Thursday and another win for your Springfield Thunderbirds last night. And uh, on the phone us to, uh, to talk about that is defenseman Tommy Cross. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm doing pretty well, thanks. Yeah, you're up early. You're up in uh, Laval. Is that like a Montreal suburb? Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a it's a pretty pretty good sized city, uh, about thirty twenty minutes outside Montreal, and um, it's actually a really nice area. So we we got up here on uh, Monday, and uh, we played last night, and we're we're hanging out today. Today's a practice day, and then we play again on Friday, Saturday. So when it's all said and done, we'll have been here for a week. So. You get to know the same restaurants in the hotel pretty well. Dude, you guys had to win one of these road games. And I don't know what kind of masochist scheduled three straight games on the road in Laval, but the fact that you guys took one was huge. That was a big win last night. Yeah, so the 2-3-2 two, two format, so two games for us at home and then three here and then two again at home at the end of the series is it's advantageous early on, but the middle three games can be – it can be really challenging. I, I was in the Eastern Conference Finals with a, with my team a few years back, and and uh, we went for three games on the road, and we lost all three in a row, and our season was over. So, mm. um, all the boys knew that last night's I think game three is a critical game in the series, and especially on the road for us. So it was huge for us to get the home ice advantage back, and the guys played really well. It was it was a fun night. Hey, uh, what got into Will Bitten? Four goals. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. So his story is actually pretty interesting. Uh, he was drafted by Montreal, who is the farm team for Laval. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly the details, but for whatever reason, he ended up not signing there. I think they had some other guys that they chose ahead of him. So he had a little little extra motivation, uh, and he sure, he sure put it to good use. He put on an impressive performance. Four goals is quite a bit. And that will conclude my hockey portion question. <laughs> good job, Steve. <laughs> you you, you, you kind of let it all hang out there, Steve. Yeah, well. It's a good one. Hey, Tommy, we talk about uh, opposing barns and the ice and opposing arenas. How's the ice? How's the barn at Laval? Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite in the league to play on in the road. They've, it's it's a beautiful rink. It's fairly new. It's called Place Bell. Um, very new. It's about, ten, I'd say, 10,000 fans. So it's one of the bigger rinks that we play in. But um, they fill it up. It was sold out. There was a block party before. Ha! Fans were out. The fans were outside going nuts. I mean, you should have, you could hear a pin drop by the end of the game, which was a blast. But uh, <laughs> it's a crazy. fun. Uh, it's a. It's a. Yeah, it's a real fun environment, and they're not. They're not the. They're not the friendliest. Uh, friendliest of fans, so they they support their team pretty hard. But well, were they swear? Uh, were they swearing at you? By the way, because there was a big deal made last night uh, at the TD Garden in Boston with the Celtics Warriors game, where the Celtics fans were yelling F-bombs at some of the Warriors players. Do you get that on the road at yeah. all, or do hockey fans not do that? I think Clay's being a little bit sensitive, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> no, they well, we can't understand them. They're speaking French, so I'm sure that they're yelling. I'm sure they're yelling some stuff. But, yeah, uh, yeah they're, right, they're right on top of our bench. They're right behind us. So it, it gives us uh, – I mean, to be honest, it doesn't even play a factor in the game, but it sure makes it cool during the national anthem, and it gets you pretty fired up. Mm-hmm. You know, so so you know, last night, you know, three goals in the, in the third period. Uh, uh, before that, you know, pretty evenly matched up. But I mean, they, I mean, to, to go into that environment, and I and I don't understand, you know, the the two three 
uh, you know, two format. I mean, to me, that's just that puts uh, those those road games in the middle put that you know that the home team in a distinct advantage because I mean, you win you win three, you know, you can end this thing pretty quick. The fact that you guys you know won on the road. You know, it, it it certainly extends the possibilities for you. It gives you a little bit of of breathing room, not a lot, but at least enough to continue and say, okay, listen, if we if we lose one more, we can pick it up the following game. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it's in between the years, and and just to know that you know if we do lose a couple games up here, we still get the opportunity to go home and keep the series going. That's that's a nice, you know, maybe a little comforting uh, buffer, I guess, but. Um, I don't know, series, even a seven-game series, they can turn on a dime, and, and we've been talking about that all playoff. And um, So now our, our attention just shifts, and we're like, all right, may, hey, maybe we don't even need another home game. Let's get let's get a little bit greedy here, try to take game four, and then once teams are, once you got them on the ropes, you know, that's when really good teams can kind of take over the series and end it quick. So mm-hmm. we'll see. There's ups, there's ups and downs, and, you know, we had a couple good bounces last night that went away, and we know that the Laval teams, they're a really resilient team. They're, they're, they're a strong team, too, but we love how we match up, and um, we thought last night was like definitely a building block in the series because you can wear a team down over time, and that's what we're trying to do. So last night was a success. Are you guys at the point now where you're you're looking over your shoulder to see what's going on in the uh, the Western Conference Finals, or or are you right now purely focused on what's happening uh, with Laval? No, we keep tabs on it. If I'm being honest, I mean I think that's that's natural all season long too. You're always looking at scores and, and just checking stuff, and you know we. You know, we're checking. I know uh, Chicago and Stockton played last night. I think Chicago won. So it's more less about like, oh, who could we play? Because you know, we're not we're not counting eggs before they hatch as far as us advancing. But it's it's more about like, oh, who's going to come out of the Western Conference? Who's making it to the finals for them? And just just staying up to date. So we 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 pay attention to it, but we're uh, I don't know. We're pretty focused on our own series and. Uh, you know, this time of year we've played 80, 85 games together, so it's we're we're pretty well oiled machine, and things kind of flow pretty naturally. I mean, Chicago was if I'm I'm looking at the uh, the the regular season standings, they were the most dominant team in the entire league this year. They went 50 and 16. I mean, that's that's a that's a hell of a record for for an AHL team. Yeah, they've got they've got they've got an impressive lineup. They've got a good young coach. Uh, he's from he's from New England. Um, so they've, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of good pieces, um, but to be, I don't know a ton about them. I've not, I haven't watched them, but that that record speaks for itself. So speaking of uh, coaches, I know you, you, it, you know the Bruins fired their uh, their head coach Bruce Cassidy this week. I know there's lots of reasons for that, and I and I and I know that you know whenever it comes to coaching, any head coaching position is a temporary position at at best. When you when you're on a team and there's a coaching problem. Or, or even if it's not, let's just say the team is 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 underperforming and they wind up getting rid of the head coach. For the players to stay behind and await the next hire, what does that feel like for for the players? I mean, do you is it a, a, like a is it uh, is it unnerving? Is it uh, uh, is it the kind of thing where you say, oh no, I can see you know why he was fired? What is the the feeling of of, of a team that, that that loses a coach? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a kick in the pants. I think it is, and it is unnerving because um, there's certain bush, uh, excuse me, there's certain buttons that organizations can push, and um, you know, one of them is to change the coaches and, and keep the same personnel. But all that you know, to me, and I know a lot of players, all that that means is, you know, that's one step closer to 
you know, changing personnel. So you're looking after your own job. And I think guys, especially hockey players, have a lot of pride and, and take pride in doing their job. And if changes like that are being made, I think the players, you know, reflect and say, hey, I, you know, I got to do my share. And, you know, some of this falls on me. So guys take ownership because they get, you know, they got pride in their work. So it's never good. You know, you get to know your coaches, you get to know their families. And um, it was the same in Boston, I'm sure, with Bruce and, and his family. And, you know, those players, they've, they've gone through a lot over, I think he, he was there for six years. So it's relationships and um, it's never, never a good day when, you know, a player gets traded or a coach gets let go or a management team is, uh, is replaced. Uh, but it's part of the business and sometimes it can be a good thing for an organization. Yep. Top, uh, talking to Tommy Cross from the Springfield Thunderbirds on Rock 102. One more NHL question for you. Tampa Bay and the Rangers tied 2-2. Who you got in that series? Oh, I don't, uh, I, I'm a big, I'm a big Tampa Bay fan. I, I think, uh, I mean, there's so many things to like about their team, but when you break it down, I, I think they got the best goalie, they got the best defenseman in the game, and then they got the best, you know, you could make a case for one, two, or three of the best forwards in the game. So when you got those guys on the ice, I think, I think you got a really good chance and they've got the experience and confidence. So Madison Square Garden is going to be, that place will be rocking tonight. So it'll be a good game, but, uh, you know, you don't win two cups in a row by chance, so I'm going to stick with the Lightning until they prove it, uh, prove me otherwise. You guys get together and have a watch party for that tonight on an off night. Yeah, we'll get we'll go grab a steak or two and uh, have the game on for a bit, and uh, that's part of the, part of the whole experience is uh, getting out with your teammates and having some good time, uh, sitting around having a good meal, nice. and uh, it's, it's always it's always good when the game's on. Yeah, I know uh, fans at home are going to want you guys to lose at least one game on on the road because <laughs> yeah. that because that will bring you home because uh, you know Monday's game is uh, only if necessary. If you win the next two games, there's no reason to come home other than the uh, the victory parade uh, going into the finals. But uh, could you at least lose just one? Yeah, well, I, I tell you what, we uh, we love playing at home, and our games one and two, uh, specifically game one, was a Saturday night, seven thirty start, and uh, it was it was the loudest that I've heard the Thunderdome, and, and it was packed. It was the best crowd I've, I've played in front of there. So we uh, we love playing in front of our fans. We you know we see online. There's been some watch parties uh, by MGM yep. for our road games, so uh, it's impressive, and we're 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 proud of that and happy to be a part of it. So. If we got a game six and game seven, uh, we'll be fired up to play those. But if those were games one and two of the next series, that'd be just fine too. True. Awesome. Well, hey, good luck tomorrow night. Hope you guys hope you guys uh, kick their asses and and again on Saturday. Whether you win, uh, whether you come back home to play another game or not, we just want you to win and get this thing over with. I uh, appreciate you guys. Thank you. We'll All talk right. next week, hopefully too. That's right. This has been a long season. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Very right. cool, Tommy Cross. Good to talk to you. All right, take care, guys. All right, it's 8.56. Uh, we, we do yeah, we uh, do have tickets for uh, for Monday's game, if necessary. 293-1021. It's a four-pack of tickets to the Mass Mutual Center. Uh, 10th caller, 293-1021. Good luck to you. It's 8.57 on Rock 102.